and welcome to episode 19 of A View From The Dugout with myself, Chris, from Sarah On The Budget. And tonight I am joined by my co-host, a man who at 6am this morning had to call the NHS 24 helpline because his erection had lasted for more than four hours. It's Ross from Scotland, Surreyor. Ross, how are you and your erection, sir? I'm still fully aroused after the mighty Dundee United's performance last night, which I'm guessing... <laughs> It's what you're referring to. I'm assuming so. Um, yeah, I mean, at your age, it's unlikely to be anything else. But I, I mean, it definitely, that was a, a heck of a performance last night. I put it up on both my personal Facebook page and the, the Twitter account. I watched the game and I was thoroughly impressed. I didn't think the first half was much. I thought it was very much a a, a stalemate. But once uh, once United took control in the second half, I think there was only one team was going to win. And uh, yeah, so you were obviously there, uh, savouring the atmosphere and uh, suffering a voice today. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, how was the experience? Do you know what? It was um, It was good. It's been uh, nine long seasons, I think it was, since Dungeon United last played in Europe. And I was at that game as well um, against Slask. Uh, so last night, yeah, atmosphere was great. Uh, pre-atmosphere going into the ground. Um, the fans were gathered in numbers. You know, there was flares and songs and flags and uh, you know there was a obviously a display and stuff and a, a, and a, a small TIFO display at Tannadice last night yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what hey it, it was great you know we're um, we're not the old firm we're a provincial club with a sort of restricted budget that are you know Scottish clubs notoriously haven't got the greatest of recent sort of track records in Europe but last night we um, we played well uh, most and you know in patches there were some there were some <laughs> ropey ropey uh, spells and things as well but hey I don't think anybody hand on heart tipped us to win last night and um, you know we we, we managed to, to grind out a one 0 one 0 victory with some pretty sort of in particular pleasing aspects um, of the match definitely I mean I thought I mean I'm a Dundee fan so obviously I've got no bone in the fight and I think people might have expected me to be a wee bit of, you know trying to play it down or anything but no absolutely not it was a it was a good performance and uh, I certainly think the second half um, was much better as I say um, I don't know if you've watched it back or seen it back or anything like that but I certainly feel like the first half was definitely the you know you could tell there was a bit of anxiety maybe or what have you because there was a a few rash passes or whatever but the second half it was there was only uh, there was only one team was going to win I, I felt like uh, Alkmaar really probably vastly underperformed eh? so yeah. not not like a team in blue to underperform at Tanadice though so uh, but yes so obviously we're recording a little bit late um again I'm going to ask you a question Russ but obviously you had a a short break um, to enjoy the wee man's birthday. So did you have a nice little break and an enjoyable time up in the Granite City? I did indeed. Um, I haven't been up to Aberdeen sort of uh, vacationally for, for, for years. Um, but yeah, obviously it was good. Obviously pointed out the, the stadium, etc. to the to the wee man as well. And we spent a bit of time on the beachfront. It's all good fun up there, but they've, um, they've done wonders up there. Their waterfront's quite a good experience with a lot of stuff to do for kids and things. And ultimately, the whole experience was paid for by the profits of Surreyor. What it's all about, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, obviously I posted up yesterday that I've uh, accidentally booked a holiday for, for next September. So, um, but again, because we ta- I'd, I'd taken a fair chunk of money out over the last, uh, well, certainly the last probably 10 days now, uh, we were in a position where we could go ahead and pay a deposit on a holiday for 
the four of us. So that's going to be me, Louise. I'll be Christian. He'll have turned 18. So he, um, as we would say about here, um, he's been told that he is in the chair at the first boozer that we go to. And um, Lucy will obviously only be, you know, she'll, she'll have turned one by then. So, um, yeah. And again, I fully intend that that entire holiday will be paid with money from Syria. Um, and I'm, I don't think that's going to be, you know, any surprise to anybody that that's what the type of things we're going to do with it. Because I did a video during the week. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, Russ, but I basically did a full walkthrough video showing people how to withdraw their money because it's not easy necessarily. It is easy when you know how. It's not easy if you don't. Um, so some people might feel a wee bit obliged to leave their money in because they're too afraid to ask how to get it out or what have you. So um, I did a full walkthrough video. Um, that's on the Twitter. Uh, sorry, it's on my YouTube page. If uh, you search for you on YouTube for Serena and the Budget, you will find the, the account and the video sitting there. It might be a wee bit lengthy, but I actually just tried to go through everything step by step just to show people because following from last week's conversation, I think it's important that people can enjoy their money, especially at a time where we are, you know, there are various financial restrictions at the moment, you know, with, with bills and costs and stuff. And I don't think it's any shame that if you get a big hefty bill appear out the, out the blue, that you could look to your team and go, do you know what? I've got five strikers. I need three. I could sell two and I could pay that bill and have a bit of money left over to put away for a rainy day. I don't think that's a bad thing to do. I think it makes, makes perfect sense. And I think um, just from the feedback that we get to both personal sort of Twitter accounts and social media, a little bit through Discord and also um, obviously the, the, the sort of the podcast Twitter itself, mm-hmm. which admittedly you check a fair bit more than me. Um, but, you know, just from the feedback that we get from the people that listen to, to us and find our show pretty relevant. Yeah, I think we're all we're all pretty much in the same boat. And I, I know like just, you know, for devil's sort of advocate purposes, you know, I've obviously got quite a bit bigger of a gallery than you, but I don't class myself you know, in that upper echelons where there's guys with, you know, that have that have pumped tens of thousands of pounds into this game. And they are, they're contesting, you know, at the very top end and you see them with their super rare wins and things and stuff. Um, we're not in that sort of category. I, I know that I'm sort of maybe top of the bottom, maybe would maybe make sense. And you're, you know, sort of middle, um, <laughs> middle um, on the way up. Yeah. Because you sell a lot, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could be, sort of probably three quarters of the way up, but I know that you obviously take a lot of money out of the platform when you can, and I think it's a good thing. I would stress it to anybody that at the end of the day, if you can get risk-free in this game and you sit in with a gallery, which, you know, I, I know that I sit and I never have any fear. I'm looking in my gallery and I'm never thinking, do you know what, if I sell him, that's a disaster, or, oh, no, I can't sell him, or, oh, I really should sell him because I need to get, I need to get back to break even. And obviously that was last year for us both. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the fact I I genuinely feel that even when the even when the game's pissing me off or you know DNPs or there's something that just happens like last night 249 points you know oh, yeah it's still um, it just I just it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because I'm ultimately playing with purely for enjoyment now yeah and it's house money and that's the thing as well that I think is if I wanted to take some of that money out. You know, if I decided I want to sell one of my rare teams, as you know, I have discussed, if I did sell one of the rare teams, I've no doubt whatsoever over the course of maybe two or three months, I'll build up another one. 
Yeah. Um, you know, because we that's what we've done from day one is trade. You've got a spreadsheet with over a thousand transactions on it and things like that. So we we've always traded. Um and I'm I'm happy with that. So yeah, there might not be as many rosettes against the names or anything. I think I've got twenty one prizes or whatever. Um I've had a lot of ETH because a lot of time I've only played for the ETH um and things like that. So yeah, I'm I'm always happy with it. And speaking of uh, winning ETH and winning prizes, I believe last weekend was probably the first time where we both decided to actually get a couple of decent rare wins, which uh, usually this dates back to when we'd even play FIFA or whatever. And one of us would be having enormous pack luck or we'd be getting the big wins in the weekend league. And then the other one was just Scraping the bones of the rafts. Yeah, and it should be on everything. FM, season about, or whatever. Yeah, just yeah, totally. anything. It's never been the same time. Yeah, but then last weekend, there it was. Um, I think we both hit the higher ETH. And uh, you had two rare wins and a limited win, I believe. And I also had two rare wins as well. I didn't have the limited one. I missed it by less than one point. But do you know what? It was a very profitable. And that was 150 quid that I took out on the video, um, was mm. what the cards were worth. I had the ETH sitting there. So I thought, well, do you know what? Rather than waiting to sell the players and take the money out, I'm just going to take the money out now. So that was that was where my 150 quid came from. But I think uh, I think one of your wins was worth more than that in itself. So yeah, I kind of it came out of nowhere as such. I was I was always quite hopeful over the weekend, but because Facundo Almada of Rosario Central, his game was the very last game of the game week, and it was um, God, it must have been what, midnight on Monday or something, or half past eleven at night. And I was sitting and I was sitting about 400th and I went and looked and I thought, oh, this is, this is probably gone. And I thought to myself, he, he needed, I think it was 67. And of course, <laughs> you know, he rocked up where it was 74, 75 and it pushed me up considerably. Um, and just outside the top 50 of the under 23s. And we've said many times on this uh, podcast that the under 23 cards in the main, are generally worth winning. They don't seem to deteriorate in value so much. They've obviously got more longevity in the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, to win that was was good because that was sort of a last-minute win. And I um, had my first ever rare card winner on the underdog for finishing yes. in the top 45, which that's no mean feat given, you know, how many people are in that. Because that's the keeperless one. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That was the thing. We spoke about that last week on the pod. And we were saying, yeah, there's like however many thousands of entries in it and there's only like 45 prizes. And then lo and behold, <laughs> here comes Russ and uh, and and takes a card from it. So uh, was th- that was the one you got. Uh, was it Chanathip you got for that one? I got Chanathip for that. And I got an under 23 um, from the earthquakes that I sold. Um, I sold them actually today. Um, something for about 200 odd, 200 pounds. I, I gave somebody a, a quite a quick deal and he sent me a card in exchange. And to be honest, I had my, I had my eyes on a few other things today that I was looking at bidding on. So I was quite yeah. happy to free up the ETH. So the guy got a, a really good deal from me. Um, I'm just looking here at the, to see if I can find the underdog, um, the underdog team lineup because it wasn't, it wasn't obviously expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think it included, just opening it here on the, the screen, I think it included two of the players that I'd previously, yeah, it had it. So Ewood Platinch was in it mm-hmm. and he scored 70 points. Um, Yuji Takahashi, who we had both obviously mentioned at the very, very early days of the podcasts yeah. as one to watch. Um, and at that point, I think Takahashi might have been round about £70 for a rear. 
um, Roman Zobnin, who are tipped on the Russian, um, the Russian dirty dozen uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now he scored 110 for me, which was which was massive. Um, and I was just pricing actually Roman Zobnin because obviously we'll go into it a little bit later in the pod. But Zobnin cost me 65 pounds. You know, he's been in phenomenal form. And the fourth member of the team was Thierry Ambrose, who admittedly was um, a couple of hundred pounds at the start of June, sort of off season, I think I bought him. So, yeah, the team roughly, I would say, would have been about £420 put together to win. But obviously it's returned, what, 25 to 30% return on, on the card win. And that's hard to complain, isn't it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, uh... It's 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 great. I think the underdog is probably an un- underrated uh, one. You know, a, a lead to put in. I've literally just put what I've got left into it. Um, but this week it's not too bad, to be fair. Last mm-hmm. weekend it wasn't great, but um, yeah, my my star performer at the weekend past was uh, a man by the name of Tin Plavitic, um, a defender that I paid less than fifty quid for. Um, he plays for Riyadh, and he knocked in a ninety-seven score. Um, so it was 105 points, you know, with his bonus and things like that that I got from him. Um, and that was the one that put me quite high up in Challenger. I would have been much higher had uh, the 16-point the uh, turnaround on Ryan Edwards not been there. Um, that would have put me further up the list. That one got me a cheap Austrian defender, ironically, with all my Austrian players in the team, um, who I then traded to Pavel Trader and got myself a lad who played against United last night, uh, Reinders. Is it, I believe? Rinders, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I then also seen he'd obviously been a fair, fairly regular in the team, but also seen that they'd just signed um, Bazor. I think it is they signed. Yeah, Rashad Bazor. Yeah. So I felt, you know, I'll, I'll move him on. Um, so I moved him on, and I've picked up a couple other cards. But the the star, other stars of the week were the Motherwell, <laughs> the Motherwell trio in my uh, All Star team. I finished 150th in All Star. Liam mm-hmm. Kelly with 88 points. Uh, Kevin Van Veen with a goal, 70 points. Um, Alan Forrest from uh, Hearts, 85. Um, but the one that let me down was the man who was on 97 points. Uh, going into the last minute of the game, hadn't put a foot wrong. And that was Ricky Lamy. And when he decided to put a foot wrong, he put <laughs> it right through the opposition player and got a straight red card. Um, that cost me a high, t- uh, high tier two card. In Challenger, it was a massive swing in points. Um, fortunately, Motherwell held on, kept their clean sheet and everything, uh, thanks to Liam Kelly. Um, but Liam Kelly actually departed my gallery for £1,050 last week. Um, I'd paid £700 for him. He's probably worth more now because that was before the game. But mm-hmm. um, that was another one that allowed me to then go and buy another keeper for much, much less. Um, Brazilian lad that's got 19 games still to play this season. Um, so tons of utility left in that one up until Christmas. And uh, yeah, so I've, I felt quite happy about that. And then I got uh, an Argentine defender for that reward. And that one has actually gone straight into my All-Star team, uh, Luciano Sanchez. Um, I had a good look at him and he's, his last five is sitting at 58. Um, he's had a fairly big turnaround a couple of weeks ago. He was actually selling for um, it's about 130 or 140 quid. He's sitting about 90 just now or 80 or 90 pounds just now, but he's got some decent scores going on. So I thought, do you know what? They're playing against, I think, third bottom of the league this weekend. So, and his team are third top. He plays for Argentinos Juniors. So I was like, yep, balls to it. He's going straight in. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was a very profitable weekend. And as I say, all in all, it was about 150 quid, uh, including the ETH threshold. And it all came out. 
And that's my plan going forward. It's, it's been my plan for a long time. I was leaving the ETH in and just selling any rewards, but now it's rewards will be sold and the ETH withdrawn as well, basically, so that I can keep putting the money away, pay the holiday off and continue to just, you know, save money off of it. It's not affecting my gallery. If I do get somebody I really want to keep, I'll sell somebody else. Yeah. Simple as that really is. So, uh, that's so what are you going to be running with then? So at the moment, I am running with uh, two proper all-star teams at the moment. Um, this weekend, obviously, we're uh, recording this Friday night. The Heathen Veen game's just finished. So I'm running with nine sides, um, including the including the casual team. So really, it's eight. Um, so I've got this weekend, let me just bring it back up. As I'm speaking, the Sarir Data app has gone down, which is not helpful because that's what I was relying <laughs> on for all my uh, for all my details here. However, uh, my rare challenger team, again, I've made it pretty much exactly the same. That's my uh, Austrian lads. So my three Ried players, they're at home to Sturm Graz this weekend. Sturm Graz had a, a, def- a defeat in Europe in the week against Dynamo Kiev. So they have to win at home uh, in next midweek. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a little bit of rotation there. Might open up an opportunity for Ried to possibly hang on and maybe sneak a 1-0 win or something. It's a big ask for them because Sturm Graz are obviously a massive club compared to them. I've also got an old favourite, Gemma Kabasi. Um, he moved from the, the Austrian league back to Turkey. And he is going to be in action for Kasim Pasta this weekend. And then I've got Marcus Pink. Um, so that's my challenger team. My all-star team this weekend, I've got a captain of Ross McCrory at home for Aberdeen against uh, St Mirren, I believe. Um, Kevin Van Veen, I'm hoping he can continue his goal scoring against St Johnston this week. Uh, Alan Forrest, I'm hoping he can maybe get a derby goal as well or an assist. And then, as I said, I've got Jao Ricardo. He's the goalkeeper for uh, Ciara in the... Brazilian league, and then Luciano Sanchez, my defend, my new defender from Argentinos uh, Juniors. So that's what I'm rolling with in there. And then my underdog, Ryan Edwards, Ross Callahan, Bruce Anderson, and Marco Hara. Marco Hara was slight doubt over him because he came off with a head knock at the same time as Paul McGinn um, in the the Motherwell uh, St Mirren game, but. I couldn't see anything to say it was anything serious, so I've stuck him in there. He's my only option. It was either that or buy somebody, and I was like, do you know what? I'm not buying for the sake of buying, eh? Um, and then I've got my limited teams. I um, picked up a couple of boys this week. Anto Grigic of FC Sion, an absolute scoring machine. Last 15 of 60. Uh, last five of 65. So he's gone into one of my lineups this week. Um, picked up a couple of boys right before the deadline. I had These are probably going to be names that are more familiar to you, Russ, because the likes of the Dutch League is not something that I've really delved too far into because I always found it maybe a wee bit more expensive. But Kassen uh, Wierschow, fullback for Groningen, um, under 23. So I picked him up today. He's gone into my under 23 lineup. So yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting. My first player's played tonight and I've got nearly 85 points off him from uh, from having him captained and that was Sven van Beek. So yeah, I'm hoping that the weekend, the rest of the weekend continues as it started, to be perfectly honest. So how about you? How are you looking this weekend? Yeah, again, just following on. Um a lot of the same guys going in from last week that served us well because that's been six cards in two weeks, albeit two midweek uh, game weeks, so four weeks, four actual game weeks, but two actual real weeks. So, yeah, I've been sort of pretty solid with Almada, who I mentioned, Jose Cifuentes, captains my under-23 midfield. He's an absolute machine, 122 points last week. Um, so as you can imagine, he goes straight back into the team this week. I had a few standouts last week. Declan Gallagher, um, 
scored uh, 85 points. Nikita Kakiov, 86, and Konstantin Kuchiev, 84. And those all three of those were in the same team. Um, had another few standouts. Zobnin, who I mentioned, and Platensk. And then you've got a bit of consistency with the guys like Heenan and Frey, etc. as well. So, yeah, I've got, I think it's, it's something ridiculous. In truth, there are 15 teams in, I think, this week for me. But, uh, as always, I've got three, three or four teams that have got, um, it's not that they're number two goalkeepers, it's just that they're number ones that have lost their shirt at the moment. Hmm. So... I've got a couple of a couple of ropey ones there. I did pick up Surreir today on the fact that Erwin Mulder, who is at Go Ahead Eagles, was not available for selection for me today. A little bit frustrating. Um, we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. It's no different to the the Red Cross uh, sort of not being updated or the Blue Cross when players have been transferring. Um, a wee bit disappointing. Mulder joined three days ago. Now, he's, he's not going to start because obviously they've got their keeper at the moment, uh, Jeffrey Delang, I think is his name. Um, but Mulder, no, just state it how it is, Mulder's a bit, much better keeper than him and will dislodge him. So for me, um, I've got to play a little bit of a waiting game here and I would have I would have put him in ahead of the under-23 goalkeeper that I don't think will get a game, even on the bench. But it's going to take an injury for him to get a game. But yeah, that's a little bit frustrating just from a surreal perspective. Um, when things aren't updated, especially that's three days ago he transferred, and he's yeah. still showing us, uh, you know, he's just it just didn't have the challenger tag obviously on him from the coding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got all these teams in. Um, in truth, I counted up today that realistically nine, maybe slash ten of them could win cards. You know, and I don't mean like fluke a card. I mean they should be in contention for cards. I've had a couple updates on Twitter. I missed a. Uh, Sickness bug for one of my players, and I've been told that one of my players was got injured two nights ago. I didn't have time to check because I'd just come back from holidays. Yeah. And I also, as you know, did the Scottish lineups for the you know for the for the weekend ahead. Um, so I was really really short of time. I had twenty minutes between pretty much getting home and going to Tannadice last night to get the lineups. Um, as you as you know, and I'll not go into it, but as you know, I had a little bit of rant and. I have left the Scottish uh, Discord. Um, I think there's a there's a league that's rare set up for the Scottish league, and I'll be honest with you, uh, the only way I can describe it is it was just bullshit last night. I was getting questioned for a couple of things. That the app was actually running quite slow for publishing things, which was putting a bit more pressure on time wise. I think I, I drafted um, eight of the twelve teams before going out the door. I accidentally published one, um, <laughs> which yeah, that's my own fault. Fair enough. But to come in and get a couple of like it was a couple of guys messaging and stuff. At the end of the day, do your own research. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm doing this to help the community. I'll always push people in the right direction. I had 126 out of 132 players that played in the Scottish League. I had 126 of them listed on that app last week. If that's not good enough for somebody, do you know what? Good luck. I think that's a pretty damn good return. We spoke about that before and uh, when I had my wee moan about some FIFA YouTube and knob that was doing the same thing and had a pop about, you know, somebody that posted it up. I will say, in, in all fairness, I think the new uh, Play Sharp uh, app is shit. Mm-hmm. I really don't like it. It runs slow. If you go in and view one game, when you click back, it shuts everything, all your all your 
drop downs all closed, and you have to then scroll back down, find what you were looking for. Um, a lot of the time, it just comes up saying like loading teams doesn't do anything. You have to actually close the app and go back in. It's it's quite buggy. The old app was it's very much very better. buggy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the old app was much better. Um, well, I was so, finding that last night. Obviously, I'm I'm in the back end of it, mm-hmm. and I've not had time to give the guys full feedback and stuff. So you know, I'm not going to uh, you know all out sort of. Uh, go as such, but just from a perspective of me last night on a quite a restricted time scale. So I'm guessing when guys are obviously viewing it from the front end, you're seeing the same frustrations. But I was trying to load up and I was trying to create some of the positions are they're very continental as opposed to being um, sort of British in relation to you know you know left wing and right wing don't exist on the app. Do you know what I mean? There's forward left and forward right, or you know, back mid left. You know that that's a left wing back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's back mid right. You know, um, so there's a few things that just from a terminology. So I was trying to explain that obviously in the Discord group last night. That do you know what I'm putting the guys that I think will start the game, whether the guy is showing as a left forward or whether I know that he plays fucking centre forward do you know what I mean is irrelevant I'm yeah. telling you that there's a chance he's going to start the game why am I telling you there's a chance he's starting the game because I've read two or three articles that's been directly quoted by the manager do you know what I mean I'm not I'm not sitting here picking the teams I'm not rocking up at Parkhead and saying do you know what Ange out of the way do you know what the, the Surreal yeah. community is needing, need, needing these to make sure there's yeah. no any DNPs hold on sorry Ange two seconds I've got Jack Ross on the phone here do you know what I mean uh, he's wanting me to put the United lineup out do you know what I mean? It's absolutely ridiculous just the expectancy of some people. So, yeah, I appreciate, um, obviously, just from a sort of play uh, sharper perspective, I think it is a wee bit buggy at the moment. Bear with it. I think the intentions of the sort of dev team, etc., are all really good. The guys that are all working behind the scenes, putting the, putting the teams in and stuff, we're all trying our best, um, you know, to, to give you accurate teams. We've got to... You know, we've got to look at local press. We've got to look at national press. We've got to look at articles. Um, we've got to look at Twitter and social media just in case we've missed something. It's quite a time-consuming um, sort of job to, to get that information. And we're going to make, of course, we're going to make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I can sit here and go, do you know what? Last night at Tannadice, those 11 boys all played pretty well. You know, Kieran Freeman was out of position at left-back because McMahon faced a... a Mr. Um, failed a late fitness test, I believe. But apart from that, you know, and not having to go at him, he was just out of position and didn't didn't probably look particularly great on the television. But the boys all last night, you would think, well, they all played really, really well. And in theory, well, there's no reason for any of them to be dropped um, against Livy on Sunday. But we've got another game against AZ next week. So yeah. there's a good chance that, you know, there might be a wee bit of rotation. Yeah. Now, guess what? I'm not sitting with Jack Ross when I'm sitting putting things into play sharper. I'm sitting two days ahead of him trying to predict what he's putting in. Yeah, so totally. And that's the thing. It's a thankless job. And we've said that yeah. before. It is a thankless job. There are people who are obviously very grateful for it. The main thing I look at it for is to double check suspensions and stuff like yeah. that, because I'll do my own research in terms of, you know, looking for injuries in my players, because I've said that before. You should know your own players. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't just be having cards in your gallery and not having a Scooby, what they do, or you know, or anything about that sort of thing. So you should have research and knowledge about them and also know where to find that information. So, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you. Um, I've seen the comments and it's like anything else. I mean, I, I don't use Discord. I only went into it because you mentioned it. I hate it. 
hate it, hate it, hate it. It's uh, an absolute cesspit of arseholes who think they absolutely rule the world when they're sat behind a keyboard, but wouldn't say fucking Buddha a goose to their face. So let them have the re keyboard fucking moment, and I'll never see it. I'll never see it. And it's yeah. the same with a lot of people on on Twitter. I've done the same on there. I had a look last night. I cleared 7,000 followers on Twitter last night. Uh, and I was amazed that it's actually gone to 7,000. And I was like, right, okay, happy days. That's really cool. Um, and then I had a look at my blocked list and my muted list and things like that. And I was like, shit, I would have had about, I, th- I think I think my blocked list sitting somewhere in the region of about 100. So I'd have had a clear 7,000 ages ago if it wasn't for my blocked list. But if you're a dick, I'm just block. I either mute you or block you. Simple as that, you know. Just, there's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? There's you know what, absolutely the community, no need. Surely the objective of the community, and do you know what? Like you say, 95% of people are absolutely sound. And do you know what? I'm so thankful for, like, the majority of our community, you've got, what, 7,000? I've got, I don't know, four, four and a half thousand followers, something like that. There'll obviously be a crossover, but there's maybe about 9,000 followers between us and obviously the third Twitter. And there are so many people that are absolutely sound. They'll ask the occasional question. You don't mind answering it and stuff. But when somebody's trying to be pernickety and pick you up on one thing, do you know what I mean? It's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just put it all down and you you go and do it and you go and help the community. Yeah. Because I don't see you doing that. I just see you picking up on things, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. I think the in general, um, we've still got, I think we've still got a really good community. Like if I compare it to... Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I remember when the footstock um, community started and uh, I remember being at the very start of that because I was one of the guys that did helped them with their cedars and put a wee bit of funding in for them. It wasn't a lot, but I was like a one of the guys that put money in to help them sort of sort of found their project. And I remember the community there being actually really, really fun. Um I think I remember, I think Hoodwink and some of the guys I think they all played it and stuff. I certainly recognise a few of the, the names um and it wasn't from Football Index, but you know that was a really, really good fun community at first. And then all of a sudden, just like like Football Index at the end when things go tits up, it just went all toxic. And you just look and you think, well, you know, at the end of the end of the day, we're surely all trying to make a wee bit of money, have a love of football, try and get one over each other, have a bit of fun. Yeah. And that's it. At the end of the day, I'm I'm wanting to make money and have fun. And if if something's getting in the way of that, then you have to get rid of it. So yeah. um if you Tweet me or message me and you don't get any response. There's a good chance it's because you're muted. So here we go. Uh, so we'll kind of move on to a wee bit of serene news. There's not been an awful lot this last week, I don't think, to be perfectly honest. Um, but one thing that we neglected to mention at last week's podcast was that the uh, they announced the agreement with the Serie A teams um, that that's going to be coming in the you know, near future, which mm-hmm. I think, is, again, is great. It's another massive league to add on. They've now got Germany, Spain... Uh, a lot of the clubs in France and in Italy. And if you're looking at the other one of the so-called big five leagues, the next one's England. So um, it's, an, it's it's progress. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they continue the having to only buy them in bundles um, launches. Hopefully that yeah. has changed because that's quite excluding, I would say. Unless you've got enough budget to buy five players in one go you're probably not going to get an awful lot of those players unless you go in the secondary market. And I would imagine the prices will be whatever people want to set them as when a new league launches, as we seen with Scotland a few months ago. So um, that'll be interesting to see when that comes. Have you any any Serie A memories or anything like that beyond Gaza going there and us getting it on a, a Saturday morning or Sunday morning on Channel 4? 
Not really. Obviously, just other than following following Milan. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm saying, you know, who's who's your team? Um, it certainly would be uh, AC Milan for me all the way. Always liked them, liked the kit. Um, you know, liked the players. They're obviously their Dutch contingent, as we've mentioned a few times on the on the pod, were many of my sort of favourite players yeah. as we were growing up and young. But you know, even just um, even latterly, even just the last couple of years, I've had a bit of success in Serer with you know buying and selling some of them. The Milan, I think I had Rafael Leo, yeah. um, and you know made almost I think I don't know almost four figures on the buying and selling of that card, which was which was great. I was yeah, don't get me wrong, I was pretty disappointed when I sold him. I really did feel at that point that he was arguably the most valuable and. Uh, along with Solar at the time, there were the, was those two. I was like, "Oh, I'm building a real team here pretty early in my journey," and then I was like, oh, "I've got two little cards, and yeah, and some of the cards I've got are just going to be too long." So, yeah, the only thing that I picked out, and I don't know if you've seen it, I think there are is it three clubs that are missing from the agreement. I seen that. I don't know. I didn't actually Juve, enter and. I can't remember the third one. You know, it's probably going to be something along the lines of the way that Rangers were, I guess, with uh, possibly with licensing. You know, they've all maybe already got some sort of NFT license agreement. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I've, I've not looked. I've not looked into yeah. that. I've just been too busy, and maybe I'll try and do some look into that maybe for the next podcast. I don't know if it's been discussed elsewhere in this sort of community or not, but I did notice that it was seven. I think it's seventeen of the clubs, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd seen it was 17. I didn't see which clubs were missing, to be 100% honest. Um, and as I say, I, well, everybody knows my situation with just a, with a newborn. I've been back to work this week. I've barely had time to, you know, to do anything. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see when, when it does when it does come about. And um, we can obviously maybe do a wee bit of, you know, once it's starting, when we get a date for it launching or anything like that, we could possibly sit and have a wee look at, some of the players that we know or some of the players that, you know, could if we do a wee bit of research and find out, maybe do something on that before launch. Um, but speaking of recommending players, Russ, um, obviously over the course of these 19 weeks now, can you believe that? For, for starters, 19 weeks we've been doing this podcast. That's uh, that's quite a feat. Um, outlast some mothers, I guess. Entertaining people are putting them asleep. Both. Or probably both. 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 They get entertained by the intro. And I think it goes downhill by there. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, it's uh, it's all down there. Uh, but actually, do you know what? On, on a side note, Russ, I actually had a look and our uh, episode retention is actually extraordinarily high, I thought. Um, it was sitting at something like 87.4%. I make it to the last 20 minutes. I've got everybody at gunpoint, mate. Probably. <laughs> right, they're either at gunpoint uh, or getting, getting five-pound notes in post. I've, I've also heard you're a dab hand with Photoshop, so you've probably got some alleged nudes. Um, so, Possibly. But yeah, so over the course of that time, we've obviously recommended a lot of players. Yeah. Um, so I've only gone back the last few weeks because I haven't had time to go back further, but I've gone back a few weeks. I've looked at some of the, the SPFL recommendations that we did because I thought that might be quite relevant, obviously with the season starting last week. And um, obviously I had, I had a few Austrian recommendations there as well. They're not all positive. I've picked out a couple of negative ones where things have happened or for whatever reason it's, you know, it's not quite worked out. Because um, I think it's important to put both sides of the coin because even in our own galleries, not everyone's a winner. Do you know what I mean? We've, we've said that before. Not everyone's a winner. Um, if it was, we'd all be millionaires off this platform at this moment in time. So um, 
Do you want to take a couple of names, Russ, and then we could maybe go back and forth with them? Yeah, sure. Just um, I probably went back a wee bit, a wee bit further. Um, I've kind of split mine up, and I went back to the very kind of start of when we started doing the pod. There was a couple, obviously, that were pre while we were waiting on the Scottish League to launch because it was week four that it launched, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So before that, obviously, we needed something to speak about. <laughs> we didn't know. We obviously didn't know that it was launching until that that morning of that episode four was uh, was outstanding. So yeah, well, I've got um, I've just got some information. Obviously, I've got prices where possible of what we tipped at, and then I've got prices of what they're selling now at. Now, there's obviously some of these will have dipped slightly because of the Asian and MLS markets. And then I've done a full analysis just on just over two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I tipped uh, twelve Russians in total, um, and that's been obviously quite successful. But just going further, a little bit further back, uh, we did an early episode, and I tipped five guys: um, Sakira, who plays for uh, Querétaro in Mexico; Brendan Heinzeich, Samuel Grandsar. Marvin Luria and Memo Rodriguez. Now, the objective with that was this was um, under £50 and it was just this purely help with threshold. These weren't guys that were going to help you win cards. The objective here was the guys that were just going to play every week at the time um, and to, to ultimately to, to win your cards. So, Sakira, you know, prior to obviously that, he did pretty well and he's currently selling. He was £50 at the time and you can still buy him even though he has not played um, for a good couple of months, £120, the cheapest you can buy the rare for. So if you'd bought him for 50 quid and you really forgot about him or he's sitting in your gallery and you were like, oh God, I actually bought that guy, um, you can sell him for £70 profit right now, which is more than what you bought him for. Um, Brendan Heinzeich was, do you know what surprises me this one? He's got a last five of 48 and a last 15 of 38, but I honestly feel he's been, yeah, I just feel he's been a disaster. Um, he's had a couple of DNPs, he plays well sometimes, and then he has an absolute bomb scare. You can buy him, though, however, on the market as a rare, for £15 right now. Now, he was, he was just under 50 quid at the time, so I think there is an element of the MLS um, downturn in the market has affected that, but 15 quid um, is what he's coming in at now. Samuel Grandsar has basically retained the same sort of value, even with the MLS downturn. Last five or 40, he was coming in at about 50 to 60 pounds and he's currently selling for between 40 and 50 pounds. I would actually genuinely say that I expected quite a lot more from Grandsir after moving from the French leagues. Um, he's not fully sort of settled the way that I expected him to. So kind of jury's a wee bit out on that one. Memo Rodriguez, he was under, he was 27 pounds when we tipped him. He still sells for 25 to 30 pounds. He's got a last five of 43, but his last game was a 68. He's a relatively consistent sort of average card, I would say. So out of those four or five, now that's, you're talking, what would that be about three months three months ago? Yeah, okay. something like that, three, four months, yeah. There's not been an awful lot of value lost. If you'd obviously bought all the cards, um, it's pretty much break even. They would have helped on, I don't know, maybe 50% of the occasions to, to get the threshold, to be perfectly honest. So. Mm. It was a tricky ask. It was under 50 quid. We were trying to look for value. There wasn't a lot of value kicking around back then. I think we both kind of struggled to, to get players under 50 pounds. But yeah, it's sort of, I, I would put the report card as sort of like B minus 
yeah. for, for those. Hard to come. It's hard to complain though, because like that, like that, you would have also had four months worth of utility of them. Do you yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? So, what I, I, thresholds you've won would have to kind of be factored into, you know, any price losses and things like that too. But also, if you've also had price gains from it and ETH, then, you know, happy days. I, as I say, I've went a wee bit more recent. I've got, um, I've picked out three Austrians in particular because um, I've got two that I've actually done pretty decent and one uh, not so. Um, Kevin Wimmer of uh, Ra- uh, Rapid Vienna. He Ex-Burs, was 60. He? Sorry? Experts. I think so. I think, think so. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, £65 he was sitting on the market when I tipped him, what was that, three weeks ago, I think? Two, three weeks ago? Um, yeah. And he's gone up to £82.50, so £17.50 increase. And that's, that's a, a sale yesterday. Um, so that's a, a decent increase. I think it's almost 25%. His last five, because they're playing in Europe, he's actually played quite a few games so far. He's sitting on a 52 average. So pretty solid there. Um, I went for another one, uh, Jan uh, Zwischenbrugger, uh, an old favourite of mine. I, I can't imagine how much that would cost to get on the back of a shirt. <laughs> um, but he was 65 quid and he's went up to 80 um, he's only played two games so far this season he's averaging 47 but again in a threshold team that's not too bad because you'll have your bonus on top of that there as well so it's probably going to push you close to the 50 mark off of that um, the other one I picked out was uh, Nicholas Dosic of SV Ried um, he was sitting at £68 and he's now down to under 20 because he tore his cruciate um, so not everything uh, works out, uh, you know, to the to the nth degree. Um, but going even more recent, Russ, obviously, I think it was episode 17, we did our little Scottish review um, and we agreed on quite a few players. So I've picked out a few of them that I think we actually did agree on um, and compared them. So mm-hmm. Matty Kennedy of Aberdeen, we both uh, pulled him out. Um, 40 quid he was sitting at, he's now up to 65 and that was in an auction yesterday. Um, I missed it by 30 seconds. It finished and it said less than a minute ago and I was pissed because I thought that'd be a really cheap one just to have there to sit in and put in because I think Aberdeen, particularly this weekend, could be a decent a decent shout for some scores, but we'll come to that. Um, he scored 39 points last week against Celtic, which wasn't terrible, but not great either. But his price did still jump up by over 50%. Alex Cochran, Russ, um, £82 when we tipped him, £226 he sold for on the secondary market yesterday. So that is almost a three times what we tipped him at. Um, he had an 87 score at the weekend there. So I had him in one of my limited teams. Unfortunately, I didn't pair him up with the right boys to go with it. <laughs> uh, Alan Forrest. Uh, now, I still think Alan Forrest is fairly cheap uh, for what he's probably going to end up scoring you over the long run. 152 quid when we tipped him. He's sitting at 180 just now. Uh, the floor on the market is 250, so it's quite a disparity again. Um, but he scored a 65. I think he got an assist at the weekend. He was part of my team. I captained him. And uh, he was part of the all-star team that guided me to uh, a high tier three. Uh, Ewan Henderson, 90 quid up to 125. Uh, scored 68 points at the weekend. Got the assist for the last minute winner for Hibs. Um, another one, I think we both watched this game, Russ, was the Livingston Rangers game, and that was Joel Nubley. Um, £70 up to 129 on the basis of that goal against Rangers, 72 points. And then the man who provided the assist for that goal, Nicky Devlin, uh, £77 up to £100, and that was a 60 points score from him there as well. Bearing in mind, he's one that benefits quite significantly 
when the matrix changes in a few weeks' time. So looking at just some of those, I mean, that, there's a lot more I could have pulled off from the Scottish League, but we had quite a good hit rate in terms of players and their scores from their recommendations because a lot of them hit some decent, decent numbers. And uh, I think those, I mean, over the course, I mean, if you're looking at that over the course of like two weeks, Russ, you're looking at, I don't know, 30, 60, that's 100. You're looking at about 400 quid's profit almost off of those players alone mm-hmm. from the Scottish League, you know? So that, and that's all rare prices, by the way, folks. So um, that's that's quite a substantial amount of money to have increased over that over that few weeks, I would have said. Definitely, definitely. Well, I did uh... Do you have any more Scots before I... No, no, no I've no. called it a day at that. <laughs> I um, Obviously, I did have a little bit more time than you, so just I've got a few highlights of some of the ones from the early pods. Um, obviously, Jackson Maleka is, was a relatively obvious one, but he was still selling for £250 when I was telling everybody to buy him. Um, I ultimately held on to him for the remainder of the season, as you know, and then sold him close season for £900, um, which obviously returned me a... I think I bought him for back, it was about 125 or 130 pounds. So it was a huge profit for me, but he's now selling for 1,300 pounds. That's the mm. minimum you can buy that man for. Um, at the same time, I tipped uh, a Russian guy. This wasn't in the, the Russian feature, but uh, a chap called uh, Kuchiev, and he was going for 50 pounds. He um, was out on loan, etc. I believe, last season. And then he's come back and he's played three games this season. He scored a 53, a 52 and an 80. And he's now 150. So he's trebled in value. Um, an American one that I picked out based on Austin Trusty leaving Colorado Rapids for when he went to Arsenal before obviously joining Birmingham on loan, which is what he's done um, subsequently. But Gustavo Valachila was a player that I thought might get some game time. And he has. He's just broken into the team. Now, I did say on the pod, and I had to listen back, that you're going to have to be patient, you're going to have to wait. And that there was an element that I didn't really feel that the Rapids trusted them. Um, but they've obviously had a few a few injuries at the back and stuff, and it's kind of forced their hand. Um, he's played the last two games. He was £40 when I tipped him. You now cannot buy him for less than three figures. Lotaro Blanco, which we mentioned last week briefly on the pod, um, an old favourite of mine. I sat with him in the gallery for well over 12 months before selling. Um, he is a benefactor uh, massively from the new ma- uh, the new matrix. He is up from £60 when I would t- tip him. I think it was episode two or episode three. He's now about £105. I'm actually thinking of reinvesting in him because he's, he's a, a, a genuinely feel that he's um, really reasonably priced. A couple other obvious ones. Um, Jose Cifuentes, I mentioned him, I think it was episode, I think it's seven or eight, and he was coming in and I bought him at that point for £150. He is on a last five of 79 and a last 15 of 63. His last four scores, 181, 37 and 98. £580, I just, you know, I just compare that to like, some of the other midfielders, Solari and Gill, you know, some of the guys that are going for absolute monster amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And Sifuentes is living with them on the point scoring. Um, I think £580 is still a bargain. I know that's a shitload of cash. But for those, yeah. For those numbers. Um, a favourite of sort of both of ours, uh, Yoshi Suzuki at Shimizu. Um, 
last five and forty-three. Missed last week. Don't know if you if you know why. I, I, I genuinely seen, don't know why. Missed I think it was COVID. They, they had a, the, Japan's been ravaged with COVID just now again. So right. I'm ninety-nine percent certain it was a COVID one because Valdo made his long-awaited appearance from hibernation. Oh, did he? Uh, and played in that one. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I could have put on because I recommended him. He flew up in value yeah, he because does, he yeah. had three or four really good games and then vanished. Just vanished for like sixteen weeks. <laughs> Well, that's probably the reason then. Um, Suzuki was £70 when it tipped him. Even with the Asian sort of dip, he's still selling for about £55 at the moment, which basically means... And he's, he still plays. Um, a couple of friends have, have, have got him and use him every week. And another final one before going to the Russians was uh, Derek Williams. £70 when it tipped him. He's actually only selling still for £85. And he's got a last five of 58 including the last three of the sort of 60-plus green scores. So I'm actually looking again. I've got him asterisked along with Blanco. Is, hmm, I wonder if we should actually maybe trade into him, you know, get rid of something that's in the gallery that's not cutting the mustard. Um, I'll quite, kind of do this as quick as I can, this bit. Obviously, we did the Russians and the Austrians together, and I'm sure you'll probably follow up on the rest of your Austrians, maybe in the yeah. next pod. But I've done all my Russians. Now, you could have bought all of them for £1,100. Uh, that's 12 cards. So Zobnin at Spartak, uh, £65. He is now selling for £125 after an 88 and a 73. He is on fire. Uh, Margusov at Soki, £120. He played once and he hasn't played the last two games. He's actually had a dip of £40. So again, like you say, we're being honest, doesn't always work out. I think he will recover over the course of the season. Gerasimov uh, Jer- uh, at Ural, is up from £35 to £80 now, and that's including he had, a, he had an 11 in one of his games, a big red circle, um, but he had a couple other solid games. Nicotine and Aduo, both at uh, Kim K, they were £45 each. They are now selling for £150, respectively. Victor Moses, I think everybody knows about him. Um, I <laughs> sat... I think last week saying, oh, I actually forgot to buy it myself. And I was just telling you before we came on came on air there that I actually found a 70-old bed <laughs> that had just that I had missed and left and has never been answered. Um and it expired. Uh so I've went and bought them tonight. Not from the same guy, because I've found it cheaper now. But he has went from £80 to 115, a very, very consistent player. Um, got a couple of 60 plus scores in the last few weeks. Tugareth at Rostov, £90 to £70. Kakiov at Nizhny, £70, and he is now selling for £160. He is one of my favourite under-23s in the Russians. If you're looking for an under-23 player that isn't going to cost you the same price as the Dutch guys, the you know the Vanny Wicks of this world and the more expensive cards at sort of PSV and stuff, go and have a look at Kakiov. Uh, I think he could save you a pretty penny. And then Kutitsky at Dynamo was £100. He's currently selling for £200. Krotov at Nizhny was selling for 128 and is now selling for 160. And one card that I really quite like the look of, and I might pick up just after the pod, is Tiknizayan, I think he's pronounced, at Lokomotiv. Now, he was £150 and he's a left-back, but he's got a midfielder card. Now, in theory, obviously, again, being a left-back... I think he'll probably benefit. I'll have a look on severe data, but I think he will benefit regardless on the matrix to an extent. How much, I don't know yet. But he is actually selling only for £80. So unless he's done his cruciate or something and I've just not seen it, um, he's actually halved in value. But all in all, if you bought all those cards, 
two and a half weeks ago, it would have cost you the priceless sum of £1,100. However, if you were to sell them right now, you would get an absolute minimum of £1,375. So I think, you know, the objective, as we've always said, is to try and find players to help you guys if you've got a spare ETH balance, make money, Chris. Yeah, yeah. completely. And I, I, it's it just goes to show, I mean, obviously, we've kind of brought up a lot there. There's also... You know, the ones that we've mentioned that haven't worked out, you know, the Valdos of the world who play for a few games and then vanish or somebody that does their cruciate or just has an 11. Or, you know, yeah, these things absolutely. happen. Not everyone is going to be a winner. Um, you know, but we will pick out ones more often than not that are going to do well for you. And then it's up to you. I mean, if if you have a card that's hitting six days every week, your price is going to rocket. And then it's up to you to decide, am I going to sell at peak? Or am I going to take a chance that that's not the peak and I'm going to let it go and then all yeah. of a sudden slides back down? So I would never, I don't have any cards that I'll hold on to forever. Do you know what I mean? I, I'll, I've done it with uh, with Stefan Nuts. I had a big offer for him um, back in, say, March, April time. And it was about 300 quid or more. And I said no at the time because he was mm-hmm. on a high 60 average. And then he's not hit over 45 since. And um, his price is still sitting about 160, 170 quid. He was the leading assist uh, king in the Austrian league last season, but I held on to him for too long, to be perfectly honest. I should have sold him when I when I got the 300 quid and went and found two replacements. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I built things on. But I had, a, you know, an attachment to that card. And, you know, sometimes you need to get by that and, uh, you know, pick the right moment to sell. Um, otherwise, you right. might have someone that just goes down and down and down. So uh, speaking of going down and down and down, let's have a wee look at the uh, Scottish review from last weekend, Russ, and then we'll give maybe give a, a quick preview. And I don't think there's an awful lot of Scottish transfer news this week, to be honest. So it'll probably just be a wee glance over the kind of how, uh, you know, did we have any key performers? And obviously I mentioned a few there. Um, big scores from the weekend. Obviously Rangers came from behind to beat Lowly Livingston. Um, mm-hmm. A last minute Dundee United uh concession i believe was it uh yeah, yes Ash it was Taylor. last minute uh, it killed Ash a clean Taylor sheet from, yeah. took more points off of uh ryan edwards for me uh, a last minute goal for hibs to beat st johnston um speaking of lowly um hearts lost uh, sorry hearts narrowly defeated ross county not the hiding i was expecting uh motherwell put in a very strong performance to win one nil at st Mirren, and then celtic i don't think got out of second gear and beat mm. aberdeen two nil um Flag day and all that. It just seemed a wee bit of damp squib. They got the goal early on and then it just, it wasn't an awful lot more beyond that, I don't think. Aberdeen didn't do badly. I thought their, their new striker was kind of getting involved a wee bit as well, uh, Majowski and stuff. So looking forward to this weekend, Russ, is there any, obviously you've got your uh, key game on Sunday for uh, Dundee United, but I think probably the big game of the weekend will be the Edinburgh Derby, uh, Hibs and Hearts. Yeah, and it's a it's a sellout, so it yeah. should make a um, should make a good spectacle. I think one of the key things you mentioned was one of the players, and I genuinely didn't believe that he would start last week. Was Alan Forrest? I thought they would try the the Boyce Shankland um, partnership that Robbie Nielsen's done nothing but speak about all summer. You know, he said we can play two, we can play them both, um, and then he didn't play Boyce uh, from the yeah. start. I so surprised. Forrest did well. Yeah. I was surprised that they didn't go with the two strikers against yeah. a team that, you know, in theory, they lost most of their team because they were all low knees last season. Yeah. Um, and they've had to bring in a whole squad. And, it, you know, 
I thought he went for the jugular, but he didn't really. And I mean, uh, I was surp- I was surprised to see Boyce on the bench. Obviously, we were both surprised by Stephen Kingsley. Um, yeah. There was nothing whatsoever anywhere regarding it until the five o'clock press conferences after the game. And Stephen Presley says, oh, yeah, he, you know, he, he pulled up and he's going to be a couple of weeks. So you're like, superb. As you know, there were so many people were saying, oh, where is he? And I was like, I don't fucking clue. I don't look after him. But um, yeah, so that was one that uh, that kind of escaped the pair of us. But obviously the Edinburgh Derby, um, for us, I guess, it's the Edinburgh Derby and the Dundee Derby are the two that obviously I the old firm's kind of quite hatred-filled, um, I would say. I think that's only fair to say. I don't think Edinburgh is the same. I think there may be a level up from the Dundee Derby because whilst we'll hate each other, we'll go to the same pubs before and after the game. You know, it's not quite the same. It's it's a it's a good natured thing. I think the Edinburgh one's probably closer to that than the the hatred filled of, of of the old firm one. Would you say? Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, it's, you know, you don't have to have you know, you have to have landed from the moon yesterday to probably understand why. I guess just with you know, it's much more than just football. I suppose in relation to the sort of political and uh, religious sort of aspects that surround that derby, which you know, it's, it's a huge derby for so many reasons, but. You know, it's like everything else. It's one that does encapsulate everybody, and I always, I always watch the Glasgow Derby. Yeah, but I do enjoy, I do thoroughly enjoy the Edinburgh Derby as well. Um, in the same way that, I, you know, I enjoy when we play Aberdeen. That's a, that's a game that I really enjoy. Um, you know, the the new firm Derby. But yeah, I think Scottish football at the moment, um, there's been a, a lot more money spent actually in relation to transfer fees. There's, I would say. It's not a huge step up, but there's been, I would say, an overall sort of step up or upgrade in the calibre and sort of quality of players that seem to be in pretty much every squad this season. I think yeah. everybody's slightly improved. Um, this week, I think, you know, my team, obviously, you know, we made two big signings and Glenn Middleton just went was signing just as we went off here last week and obviously scored that absolute wonder goal um, last night. But the signing of Jamie McGrath from... What appears to be just you know from under underneath Aberdeen, that's a massive coup for us, and he 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 looked really good um, when he came on uh, yesterday. I would say it was a game changer when he came on. Yeah. To be honest, um, he it was it was his back heel for the assist, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It was his, so it was his assist, yeah. great run from Glenn Middleton as well. So I mean, that's two very key players. Do you see that as a threat to any particular Surrey players? Um, um, any calves that you think maybe? You know, could could suffer. Is there anybody that might? Yeah, get I do. Less game time? And, you know, obviously, again, I'm I'm not sitting here picking the team for the rest of the season. No, so, no. you know, this is just my opinion. But you know, last season, obviously, we we had three centre backs pretty much playing most games, and it was that sort of Edwards, Mulgrew, and Graham, and then they were flanked, obviously, by either Sporley McMahon or Smith Freeman, or you know, yeah, combo yeah. regardless of who was fit, etc. And then in the middle of the park, it obviously. Levitt and Harks was almost a, an automatic pick because Peter Pollock was injured a lot of the season. And then we just varied so many things up front. You know, Tony Watt got played out wide a lot and Nicky was through the middle, Nicky Clark. And, you know, obviously we, we tried different things. And there was a couple of young guys got game time, you know, Mockery and Mikasin and things. Now, Mockery's been put out on loan yeah. uh, to dated and Fermlin, I noticed. Um, but the big thing this season has been what I would say would be the formation change. Now I don't know if it's I don't know if it's permanent. Again, I'm, I'm not sitting in the Tandice tactics room, but we're playing now a sort of more solid four at the sort of 
which has given more places in midfield. And we've obviously now signed Stephen Fletcher. So I, the way that I'm kind of perceiving it is that Mulgrew and Edwards are the first choice centre-backs. Edwards is a captain, so he's going to, surely to hell, he's going to play pretty much every week that he's fit or available. Um, Mulgrew, I think was, it was openly said over the summer a few times that Charlie might play a few less games just with, you know, just him creeping into the sort of veteran stage of his career. He looks really comfortable alongside Ryan Edwards, though it has to be said. And even last night when we were under a wee bit of pressure, I was pretty confident with those two at the back at centre-backs. You know, they're both big guys, powerful, a lot of composure. Wing-backs, um, Freeman for me just didn't do it at left-back, and I know it was kind of a forced sort of positional one, but I'm really looking forward to uh, Aziz Behic yep. playing, and I, I genuinely believe that that will limit Scott McMahon's game time. That's just my own opinion on it. Yeah. Liam Smith, I would say, is our first-choice right-back. I thought he played well last night. I think he looks good. But Kieran Freeman, obviously, will be chomping at the bit maybe to play right when he's not available. Um, midfield, Levitt looks fantastic. He's going to be, obviously, first. He's, he's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. McGrath has come in now, and you've got Sibbald, who's been playing quite well, and then you've got Harks. So that's four that doesn't quite go into the three. And then you've also got the wide players like Niskanen, who came on yesterday. Um, so again, there's, there's either going to be guys playing out of position slightly, or there's going to be formation changes mid-game. Now, obviously, that's fully up to the manager in the club, and yeah, we, yeah. none of us can predict that. But you've also got, like, there was Tony uh, Watt yesterday. He put in a power shift, and he played pretty much left midfield, arguably left wing, most of the game. Now, he did a lot of running, and he was trying to link, obviously, up with Stephen Fletcher, who was coming, cutting inside, sort of inside left, a lot to get on the ball with him. But, you know, then you've got, well... Stephen Fletcher and Nicky Clark are quite similar-ish players. So again, there's going to be game time things. And based on the cards that are in the game, I think there'll be a lot will change when the next edition of the Scottish cards comes out, whenever that may be. Now, I, yeah. I, I don't know what your thoughts are if you think it's going to be sort of like, you know, is it going to be late August, September that they bring out new Scottish cards? Or do you think they'll wait till next year? I think because they were the last ones to be launched, they'll, uh, you know, they were only launched in April or March. Uh, was it April? I think it was April. Um, I don't see a new Scottish set until they've done, because the Austrian ones are coming soon. The Austrian mm-hmm. ones are probably coming first because they've all had their cards changed. All their pictures are changed to the new season ones. So I think the Austrians are going to be first. Um, but then you've also got your Belgians, you've got your your uh, your Dutch, you know, you've got your Turkish. I think all these leagues are going to come before Scotland. I think Scotland will be the last one to come. So I would be surprised if it's here before October, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't see an awful lot of, uh, you know, there might be a bit, you know, out there and change it now, but I don't think so. I think it'll be it'll be a few months before that happens yet. It's going to be an interesting few weeks anyway that we're hopefully yeah. over the, the next few sort of pods and things, there'll be a little bit more sort of pans out in relation to guys that we weren't maybe expecting nailing down places and stuff. So, yeah, that's my kind of take on Scotland. I know that it's kind of, we've probably um, we've probably put a lot of people to, to, to sleep now or, or, or we're, we're entertaining and exciting people who are now utterly keen to jump on Surrey and pick up some more cards. But well, this is this is it. That's the whole point. Do you know what? We just want to do a wee bit of a review on this one and also kind of just look ahead to the, you know, um our seasons and things like that. So I think we're we're probably going to wrap up here. 
Um, we'll be back this week uh, at our usual scheduled time, I would imagine. I don't foresee anything changing in that. Um, but we'll we'll get the, the podcast out as quickly as we can to everybody. Um, if you have any topics that you would like us to cover, you know, obviously after my our discussion last week, that triggered people to ask me to do a video about the withdrawal process. So there might be things people want us to discuss, you know, on, on that kind of thing. Drop in with DMs either individually or on the podcast uh, account, and we'll happily answer those um, those questions or try and get those topics on the on the podcast. Is there anything you want to add, Russ, before we call it a night? No, just thanks once again to everybody for continuing to listen to our dulcet tones, and we will continue to try and give you factual information, good bargains to sell for profit, and keep you entertained. Absolutely. So enjoy your game weeks, guys. Uh, keep an eye. There's plenty of football to keep you occupied this weekend. Um, and I hope everybody's team is successful, but not as successful as mine or Russ's. Mine being slightly more important to me than Russ's. So take care, guys. Enjoy your weekend and we will speak to you all again soon. Bye.